This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our commercials. You may have seen one there on TV occasionally. And speaking of motorcycle insurance rates, did you know that our basic motorcycle policies start at just $75 a year? And speaking of speaking of insurance, I just love... And this is how that same commercial sounds on your motorcycle. Yeah, everything's better on a bike. Progressive keeps you on yours. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. This is the Vencast Studio Production. Welcome, welcome to episode 21 of Riding the Pine. I'm Hondo, here with Guy, and the Stack God returns for his second episode. What's up, guys? Hey, man. Yo, yo. Episode 21 is like near and dear to our hearts, right? You know, of we course. got Kevin Garnett basically turning the franchise into something. Uh, we had, you know, Joel Embiid turning another franchise into something, but we got to go with the classics and Tim Duncan, Dominique Wilkins, and, you know, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are covering week 11 of the NBA season. Lots and lots of action. So, you know what? We're just going to, we're going to go right into it. We have to go right into it. There's no other option. So we are going to go right into gameplay. So, 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 so we are going to go. Right into gameplay this week. All right, we're going to get right into it as we do every week. We're going into our games of note, intensity, intrigue, and introspection. All right, so we have to kick it off. There was a great game this last week on, on the 16th, and this was the Cavs Warriors. They had played on Christmas Day, but they came back. You would think that they were both going to bring it for this game, but this game was kind of one-sided from the get-go. GSW basically started this game and just steamrolled. Talk about some of the stats in this game. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, Love played like 15 or so minutes and then went down with a back injury, and I think that kind of was the story of the game because they had no front-court help after that. Love is doing really well this season, but Tristan Thompson has kind of been forgotten. He's just kind of doing, you know, the rebounds. He can't score anything. Is it because he's not dating the Kardashians anymore? Um, We're going through the highlights of the game, <laughs> not what you really care about. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you so very little settle for down, that. Settle okay. down. Settle down. All right. I know you've been shot at, but... um, I'm glad we can laugh at that, by the way. But anyways, and then, you know, Cleveland had like 11 assists probably total in the whole game. And combating that was Golden State with 37, you mm-hmm. know. So it's a tale of two teams really kind of producing when they're at full strength versus not. Yeah. You know, Le- LeBron maybe not was hero ball-esque, mm-hmm. but he didn't have anyone to really, you know, rely on the squad at any one given time. Yeah. And, you know, Channing Fry was a dud that game. Sorry, uh, bystander over here. And, um, you know, Kyle Corver probably, you know, threw like 12, 13 shots, but not reliable without love, without, uh, you know, stable output from Irving even, really. So, yeah, not, not putting it together. The one thing I saw when 
when watching the highlights from this game was just the inside presence that that Golden State was having. Seriously, and it, it was just like we know they have the outside game, but they were that if you add the assist to the, that inside game and just kind of that give and go, oh my god, they were just steamrolling. Yeah. So. Yeah. So counter to the Christmas game where Cleveland took it at the end, this was a complete dominance. But the game wasn't really the storyline. Mm-hmm. The storyline was this collision thing mm-hmm. between uh, Draymond Green and LeBron James. And do you guys have any you know comments on that? Yeah, I wish this wasn't as big of a story know, as right it now, was, but yeah. it's exactly what it turned into, right? Yeah. It happened. I think that that they they crashed into each other, and it's it's the story that we want to see, right? It's the two most competitive players. And the two most competitive teams in the NBA. There's a hard collision between them. There might have been some embellishment on LeBron's side of it. Draymond, being who he is, uh, called him out immediately for that embellishment. And it turned into the storyline that it was. Uh, to me, it's a hard foul. Uh, Chris Webber was on record during that game, uh, absolutely berating the refs for even <laughs> suggesting that it was a flagrant foul. I don't think it was as clear-cut as, as Webb was uh, as making it out to be. But at the same time, like... It's two competitive guys going at each other on the court. You like to see these things as a fan, but let's not blow it out of proportion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too much. It's just like there's already the rivalry, and that, that stuff gets played ad nauseum. I think that turns off a lot of people from, from watching, like especially watching that rivalry, if you're not, if you're not into the game early yeah, in the season, yeah. just because it's, it just gets talked about to death. Yeah. When you have a game that's as uncompetitive as that specific game was and as, as hyped as it was before the game going mm-hmm. into it, you're looking for storylines at that point, right? And so you can start to add context to that narrative, right? Le- LeBron is frustrated in that game. He's not getting the calls that he wants to. Draymond's a competitor. He wants there to be a rivalry. LeBron doesn't want there to be. They crash into each other hard. And what does that create mm-hmm. uh, in, in the media? Um, and I think that, that these conversations is what that creates. Um, but, but really, I think that the, the game was, was kind of just a dud. I think yeah. you know, it wasn't what, it, what what we as fans wanted to see. Um, but I think back to Guy, what you were saying, I think that uh, the the Warriors establishing a staunch inside presence in that game. Listen, you don't want to go and, and rely on a backcourt battle against the Golden State Warriors, right? And that's exactly what the Warriors made the made the Cavaliers have to do in that game and, and these other results that we saw because of it. So let's get into a couple games. Like this last week, I just couldn't take my eyes off of off of the Philadelphia. 76ers. Absolutely just, just running wild yeah, why would you want to just running wild yeah. and it's so fun right like i think you know aaron our good friend here from you know riding the pine meetup mentioned that like it's just like jeremy lynn's storyline where jeremy lynn kind of brought a really fun fan yeah. perspective to the game made it fun to watch a team that's kind of out of the picture yeah kind of like the same thing that's happening right now with philadelphia yeah and they're... joe Embiid and getting everyone like spirits up when they watch and it's really entertaining can't wait for him, you know, Ben yeah. Simmons come back. They're eight and two in their last ten. Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. We didn't think they were gonna well, we didn't know what was going to happen, obviously. So yeah. well partway through their, you know, last ten games is this game against the Bucks, which is yeah. one of the games that I had to watch. Yeah, I mean this is a must see game yeah. if you if you're looking towards the future. This is the this is that second futures game. The the Minnesota uh, the Minnesota seventy sixers game was one of them, but the uh 76ers and Bucks, definitely, yeah. definitely a game you have to be watching. So, um, thoughts on that game? Um, yeah, just really quick. Philadelphia did it by committee. Like they didn't. I don't think they had anyone score over like twenty something points. Okay, they had eight people in double figures, which is what that's Philadelphia with eight people in double figures. Sure. I think one of them that wasn't was like Nick Nick Stoskis. Okay, and he gets talked about later in the O Man's. I would go ahead and say that 
is Embiid getting superstar calls already? Like he's a rookie playing 25, 28 minutes a game, but he went to the line 18 freaking times this game. <laughs> I think that's a story that's it's to it, be developed right now. Definitely but. developing. It's it's a little bit early to call that, but it's if we continue to see that play out, yeah, I, I think we can call it later on. Um, the bigger game, though, the, the second of the three, and that's that's Philly over Toronto. I am not not predicting that game. Fresh off of like a seventy something per, uh, performance from both you know Lowry and DeRozan, they scored fifty in this game. You know, so they're 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 doing their thing, mm-hmm. but like no one did anything else. No one on their team did anything else, sure. and I couldn't believe that even with that production or lack of. Mm-hmm that they were still competitive in the game in terms of end-of-game situations. And last two minutes, they were up, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was incredible to see that. But Philadelphia and their fucking balls of whatever, some clutch D from Saric and from Embiid yeah. and Covington, who was basically like a no-show this year. Yeah. And this all of a sudden, this latest streak. Has yeah, really Co- his Covington groove. has stepped up. Uh, Nerlens Noel has stepped up as well. So, yeah, I mean, he was basically not even talked about before. So right, right. He, we definitely have we have a different Philly team emerging. Um, let's get to the third game of the three, and that that this is from last night. This is the 76ers over the Blazers. Blazers are not playing too terribly well, but yeah. this this was still a fun game, and this is a this ends on a game winning game winning three point shot from from Covington. Yeah, uh, momentum is swinging outside of Portland's favor right now. They're kind of dipping in the standings. Yeah, and the exact opposite in, in Philadelphia. My favorite part of this game yeah. is is the fact that that Plumlee has a chance chance to win the game. Chance to win the game and absolutely blows it. Yeah, it was a very easy like, <laughs> easy make. Nothing's easy Nothing's for Plumlee. Easy for Plumlee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's get into. There's a couple other games for our games of note. Uh, Golden State played the Rockets last night. I thought this was going to be a little bit closer than it was. I guess my biggest takeaway from this game is Houston's not going to win a series against these against these better teams because they just do not have the defense. They can match up offensively, but if they have to if they have to make the stops, I do not think we're going to see that. Yeah, the, the the point of relying on a shooter to make a shot as opposed to a, a layup or a dunk is, is you know, there's less of a chance. There's always like a 50 to 60% chance of it going in as a layup or a dunk and less so as a like three-point shot. So you rely on that as your only offense. Mm-hmm. Some days are going to, you know, blow up in your face. Yeah, but you're not, you're not going to win a series. I don't think you can win a, a playoff series with that mentality. No. I mean, the Rockets play the Warriors pretty well. Uh, all things considered, but this was a dud game from them. They went like 12% from three, like yeah. five for 30, five for 30-something. Yeah. It takes its toll, you know, like the regular season, is, like we predicted them as a great regular season team, but like in the playoffs, like there's no other action or reaction from the Rockets. It's the same stadium style. Sure. All right, Stack, uh, you have to you have to talk a little bit about this next one because this this game I picked solely for the stats, and this is Brooklyn over the over the Pelicans last night. Um, there is a crazy stat. I believe you pulled this up with the uh, the bench outscore the bench scores like seventy plus in this game. The I think the Brooklyn ends up scoring one hundred and forty three, which is. I had to look at. I kind of wiped my eyes after I looked at that <laughs> score. I didn't think it was, didn't think it was real. So, 
Um, but they they like put it together. They were like playing pretty good ball, but they had lost like I believe they had lost eleven straight prior to this game. So I don't know if you guys this is not obviously a big a big highlight game, but the stats were so surprising. It was a game of note for me. Yeah, I mean you have a team that's nine and thirty three going against one of the biggest, longest, most defensive centers in the league, and they shoot fifty eight percent in this game, right? Yeah. Like that's that's so absurd. And a team like the Nets keeping their turnovers down to 16 i'd like to see some information on the the sheer amount of possessions that were in this game like were they just sprinting up and down the court i don't understand where the nets got this energy or where they got most of it quincy ac the new guy on the team managed to get 12 points he's yeah he came up from the, the texas game. legends so, <laughs> you, you know yeah 23 <laughs> points from boyan bogdanovich like this isn't the nets that anybody has ever seen before and as a nets like if i was a Nets supporter you don't watch that game you get excited you watch it you're just confused like, <laughs> what <Yeah. laughs> what just happened Wait, where are the players that i know it's the it's, it's, it's the groundhog it's absolutely it's the puberty absurd. Nets. they had uh, uh luis scola on the back ass of his career going 14 points um the back ass I like that. <laughs> chris levert gets 17 points it's it's just absolutely ridiculous what they managed to put together in this game and you i mean obviously to, to some extent i think there must have been a coaching change uh that's something that was leading to them getting some good looks but i mean this is just one of those kind of weird anomalous games where as as the pelicans i think you just go like all right well what the fuck yeah move just, on. just call it yeah. <laughs> all right too much nets talk so um <laughs> definitely so let's let, let's end on our last game and this this is another weird weird anomaly game and this is the the hornets over the raptors but the Raptors did not show up this game. I believe that they only scored like seventy-eight points. Seventy-eight points. They're they crazy. went. They went like twenty-nine for eighty-six from the field. Just that's like thirty-three percent from the field. That that is garbage. Like the Hornets are so confusing to me. I just don't know. I don't know what they're capable of. Well, coach, but there there's so many pieces away from any sort of contention. Yeah, that it's just like you ride the Kemba wave and that's it. Yeah, but yeah. they like they could ride. They could have a winning streak, but you just—I don't think they're going to translate that into a winning season, and they're not going to translate that into a playoff win. All right, so let's let's move on from our games of note to a couple awesome moments from this last week. Boy, Harden and Westbrook keep matching on the, the triple double train. I just—they're just making it look easy. It's just like, how is this? How is this so damn easy? This is the NBA. This is the most competitive we can get, and you guys are just making it look easy. But what's different about the triple doubles this week as opposed to, you know, former weeks is now they're losing. So it's like, do these triple doubles really count? You know, like they're they're losing. Yeah. And Oklahoma City has been facing some adversity right now. You know, Steven Adams was Mm -hmm. out with a concussion and they were just getting some of their other bigs back. But um, seriously, like it's amazing that he's doing this. There's no, you know, knock on his game or his role in the NBA right now on this team. Sure. But. He's getting these triple doubles, but they're losing. Yes. Yeah, it's been interesting. Uh, and I, I think that it's definitely an evolution in the game, unlike we've ever seen before, right? We, we These triple doubles are happening because we've talked about ball-dominant players in, in the history of the NBA, but nothing like this, like what we've seen between Westbrook and Harden oh, this season. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Are, they are ball-dominant players. Um, and a quick stat to back that up. There have been nine quadruple doubles, including turnovers, in league history. Yeah. Five of them have been between Westbrook and Harden this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that, 
they're going to crush the turnover record. We're going to be uh, tracking that. Yeah, they're going to be competing with each other already at the end of the season. It's going to be exciting. Rudy Gobert um, had a monster game just, uh, I think, last night, um, going for career highs in points and rebounds, 27 and 25. 25 boards? 25 boards for the the Stifle Tower, as they call him. Wow. And... Um, in an overtime win against Dallas, which is a little suspect, but um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, but it's still it's still a win for the Jazz, and the Jazz are, the Jazz are playing all right, and I believe that Gordon Hayward was the Player of the Week this last week. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, talk about our boy Cat here. Well, yeah, and our uh, Ride in the Pine NBA meetup, the main event, <laughs> Clippers versus Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> um, one man's trash is another man's treasure for us, right? Yeah. Like we had a bunch of Wolves fans in that game in attendance there, and um. Cat was like, fuck this shit. I'm just going to take over this game. We're losing by 10 or so. Mm-hmm. And he outscored the Clippers in the like the last portion of the game, probably like the last six minutes of the game. Sure. 15 to 12, just by him alone. Yeah. Uh, it was fun to watch. We were pumping. People were dancing. I always, dan- I always dancing if Cat's moving. So yeah. <laughs> I always dancing. All right, so let's go into a, a few other categories. Uh, Thomas continues to dominate on on points averaging 37 points for this last week we talked a little bit about gobert assists are a little bit down from other crazy weeks that we've seen we've seen some monster weeks from for assists this season though there's been especially i think it was harden averaging like 15 assists per game for a while start of the season yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh just absolutely insane um <laughs> we talked a little bit about turnovers Westbrook over the last week averaging like seven turnovers a game. That is, that is absolutely, absolutely insane. So, any other, any other stats from you, Stat God, for this last week? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, one thing that we we pulled from the internet in, from the interwebs, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, LeBron James uh, has been riding, well, rather the teams that he's been on have been riding him uh, to the finals over the course of his career, especially these last. Uh, eight or nine so, or so years um one thing that that somebody brought up and this is not the huge most hugely impactful stat but is a, a little bit of fun yeah uh the average field goal percentage for the league during that time is 45.3 percent lebron officially is more likely to make the finals in any given year uh seven out of the last 13 years at 53.8 percent uh, than the average league player is to simply make, make a, a shot. Field goal. LeBron, LeBron is better at making the finals in the most competitive league in the world than any player in that league is to actually just score a point. When, when I threw that on there, I did like a triple take. Like that, that's digging what? deep. Wait, what? I, that's digging deep. That's why we're riding the pine here. Yeah. All right, so let's get into our insane plays. So I have a few big plays over the last week. A lot of them, a lot of them, not surprisingly, are are from Philly. So let, let me get into our first one. Embiid throws down an emphatic dunk uh, against the Bucks. This was on the 16th, which is what day is that? Uh, Monday. Monday. Monday game. Uh, Greek Greek freak uh, was playing on on the 16th as well. This is against Gerald uh, Gerald Henderson. So. Greek freak is just throw, continues to throw down dunks. Why? Just, why do you get between Yanis and the the hoop? Well, it, what pr- there, purpose could that possibly serve for you? You you just you're like you're trying to catch like the full spelling of his last name. <laughs> just double checking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's definitely it. Because I have no reason otherwise. You're just going to get steamrolled. Um, another play here. LeBron had a crazy, crazy reverse dunk. Um, and we're going to throw up some of these, some of these highlights if we can, uh, make them available. 
Yeah. Um, LeBron just like, I don't normally pick love- LeBron Le- LeBron dunks, but this dunk in particular, he's like just throwing down a reverse slam that shouldn't really be part of the game. This was, should be part of a dunk contest. It was hilarious because PJ Tucker immediately like got owned on like a on a, a turnaround play by LeBron to get free, and um, PJ Tucker like is caught on camera going like this, you know, like <laughs> screaming to the yeah. ref, like "Why is this happening to me?" Yeah, <laughs> but no. And then there was like another dunk by LeBron in that same game where he just got the rebound was contested like all the way through his drive mm-hmm. and just like owned everyone for like his you know his panted and you know padded and, um, whoa his you know classic one hand throwdown nice so a, a couple big things and I normally will target dunks over blocks but these blocks were sick so Saric has a couple blocks versus the Raptors and Embiid has a block versus Lowry just shutting him down at the three point line and Lowry's an all star caliber player and just he is just making it look easy against him. So, I I well these I think, were these were clutch because this was like the last seconds of the game. No, they were the they last were so sec- impact. They were the last seconds of the game, and they were also ones that I watched this morning and just like got up. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like five thirty in the morning. I'm just like up and moving and cheering yeah. after I saw those moves. Absolutely incredible. All right, we have to pick one a really awesome alley oop uh, from Levine over the Spurs on the seventeenth. So. Mm-hmm. He is showing his maneuvers. However, however, I've seen some other plays that from Aaron Gordon this last week. You know, that rivaled that. Yeah, that, that have rivaled it. And if they both show up to the dunk contest again, it is going to be fun. There's been some news that, you know, Jonathan Simmons and... Um, Jonathan Simmons is going to be in this? Yeah, and a couple other people. I love that. Already. I love that. I think Jonathan Simmons can, can play in there. I'd love to see... I'd also love to see DeAndre Jordan join... Join that cast because he has thrown down some dunks. It's just the how emphatic his dunks are. Yeah, it's just like he doesn't really have to work at it. But if if the assist is there, um, it is absolutely wild. I remember whenever like Shaq would dunk, like he would just turn around and just stuff someone. Yeah, like I gave the stank face. Yeah, it's like kind of like a the 2017 version of the stank face. Yeah, with the Andre Jordan. Yeah. So those were some of our favorite moments, but we have to get into some of our terrible moments and, of course, the return of the Old Man's Lounge. The, they had a Knicks and Raptors game on Sunday, like the day before MLK Day. And at one point in the game, the Knicks were up, but then they got outscored 27-8 to in the third quarter after being completely dismantled in the second having the Raptors score 42 on them. So it's like <laughs> an overhaul, like 30-point swing. In like just a couple of quarters about ball, uh, Russell Westbrook was easily the most hilarious, uh, you know, terrible moment in the history right now. In my opinion, <laughs> he gets the ball after you know this is against the Warriors too, yeah. and he just probably just casually walks it up like for a full like half court, and then yeah. gets called for a travel, which is hilarious because the refs didn't see it right away. <laughs> but he's not dribbling; he's just walking with the ball in his hands, calling the play. You didn't see this? I did not I, see oh, this. Oh, I think this is my oh. play of the year. This yeah. is probably the we'll, big... we'll throw it up if we get the chance. Is yeah, it, is this... and over our break, we're gonna have you watch it. Is this is this better than the Kemba Walker turnaround? Oh fuck yeah! So so the uh, the Thunder and the Warriors were were tied at sixty, and KD hits a three. Mm-hmm. Right, this is a competitive game at this point, right? Yep. Uh, and then the next play, uh, Russell Westbrook gets gets the inbound. Took, takes seven steps while holding holding the ball like a baby, <laughs> and directing like and directing people around the court. Gets called for a travel, and and, and the reactions to this were the, were the best part because Curry's waiting for him on the other side, 
pleads with the ref, who then calls the travel, and then turns to Westbrook and just goes, "What are you doing?" And Westbrook, still holding the balls, goes, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know." And he hits points, points to his head. Yeah. And that it was legitimately the turning point of that game. Yeah, that yeah. game was never the same. The, the Warriors went on to score another five consecutive points, and the Thunder were never within five after that play. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll carry on. A couple my wayward son. Okay, we'll throw that one up on the on my the Westbrook son. My Westbrook son. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Joachim Noah, Joachim Noah, Joking Noah um, <laughs> tried to take a cha- uh, charge against his former team in the Bulls, and he flops a grand total of like 30 feet from where the point of contact was. He just got backtracked, and it was hilarious to see because it's like Joachim Noah doesn't have knees anymore. Yeah, and then I don't know. I think this Bulls versus Atlanta game, uh, the first quarter, Chicago scored. I'm feeling bad that I'm, you know, taking down Chicago this this season right no, now. No, no, all these, all these they, bad moments. They've taken themselves down. Yeah. They've taken themselves down. <laughs> I, feel I, I, I think so, it's completely you know, fine. There's a tear in my eye as I'm saying this, but the Bulls scored 13 points in the first quarter versus Atlanta, <laughs> right? That shouldn't happen. Um, there was a sick bus, buzzer beater by you know Tim Hardaway Jr. There, you know, so he proceeds to shimmy and gives us what we want. We want yeah. that to, that to be entertained by yeah. this kind of game. Yeah. And then after the game, Wade's interviewed and he's like, "I'm sorry." I'm sorry for my our performance. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm just apologizing on behalf of the Ch- Chicago Bulls organization. Yeah. Like the fans don't want to hear you apologizing. Yeah, they want you to fucking play the game and score some points. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's it. He was atrocious that game. All right, so let's do it. Let's get into the O Man's Lounge. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Oh man. One more time. Oh man. Oh man. So, Stack Guide, you pulled up a chart that finally made this shit easy. Because, <laughs> because we, were, we were digging. We were going we were, every game. We were digging into every game trying to find this. Had no idea we could do it this easy. So, there are, there are, some, there are definitely some highlights uh, from this last week. So we have to start out with the one and only Joe Harris. Back yes. to back. Joe Harris goes 18 minutes, doesn't get any points, assists, or rebounds. Pulls one steal. <laughs> one steal and two fouls. That, He's like, give me that. That's incredible. Uh, we're just going to give you like a private corner of the old man's lounge <laughs> just to think about how bad that was. My, Pretzels and nuts. My theory <laughs> is that he he kind of sat out in the rest of the corner for most of that game. Yeah. And then the one steal that he got was because the other team forgot that he was on the court because he wasn't doing anything. <laughs> and he just snuck up on him. He's like, this is mine. And then he got subbed out. <laughs> well, well, how could you be Mohawkless with uh, almost 19 minutes? 19 minutes, zero points, one rebound, one assist. He he wants he wants the quadruple ones. He got the four by one. Damari Carroll is not he's not expected here. Yeah, he's, he's a basketball player. He's not expected here, but he goes almost 23 minutes, almost 23 minutes with what two boards, two assists. Come on, it's the Dario Sarge effect. <laughs> that, that's Who's it. this guy? That, that, that's it. <laughs> I'm just not going to do anything. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right, we're back. We're going to talk a little bit about standings over this last this last week. So let, let's go straight into the Eastern Conference. I'm just going to kind of read through some names, and then we're going to 
we'll digest kind of what's happening. So the Cavs are sitting in one. Raptors are in two. Celtics are in three. The Atlanta Hawks are in four. The Wizards are in five. The Pacers are in six. The Hornets are in seven. Bulls are in eight. And right behind the Bulls in nine are the Bucks. So what what are what are your hot takes from uh, from the East right now? Um, I guess my biggest um, thought or trend that we're seeing right now are the Pacers, Wizards, and you know um, the Celtics kind of st- stabilizing the middle of the pack right now. Mm-hmm. I would say they're trending, but they're going to probably like stay there. Yeah, I don't see them actually really dipping down much more. Um, the seventh and eighth seed are kind of suspect right now. We could see the Bulls kind of have a second wind in the second half of the season. I th- but, I um, think we could. They're but... kind of also yeah, like just drowned in drama. Of course. And who knows? They could be outside looking in at, at the end of the season. And we're seeing the Bucks outside of the playoff picture right now, which is very surprising. But they have Chris Middleton coming in after break, after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. They're going to probably get repoised for a big playoff push to March. I wouldn't be surprised to see them as like a seventh seed. Mm-hmm. Nothing really to talk about in the one or the two spot right now. No, no. That well, one, two, and three really haven't changed as as of recently. It's incredible that Boston has kept this up though. Yeah, it's on the coattails of fucking Isaiah Thomas, like averaging over ten points a game yeah. in the fourth quarter. Of, of course, of course, but, it uh, is. you know, I don't want to take up all of this. So, like, any yeah. other thoughts? Or? Yeah. Well, let me just say just a few things. I, I think that the uh, the Hawks kind of stabilizing, staying in fourth. I was just I was ready for them to fall, but they're eight and two in their last ten. They are not falling. the The Wizards have shown that they they are here to play right now, and John John Wall has heated up, especially over the last few weeks. The Pacers, I I don't know. The Pacers could be anywhere from six to ten. I I really have no idea. I don't think they're going to climb much higher because I don't think they have it in them right now. No. But I think I think they could still make it. I don't. The Hornets are a gamble from my perspective. The Bulls, I, I don't see the Bulls making the playoffs, honestly. I think they're here. They're here, but they're they're just barely in front of the Bucks. And I think the Bucks are a stronger, more cohesive team. At, to your point, you add Middleton in this lineup, they are going to show their prowess. Mm-hmm. And we're not gonna see any like the the Pistons and the Knicks, Magic. No. I don't see I don't see anybody else kind of coming on unless someone like the 76ers continue to come on really, really, really strong. But that is a long shot. Yeah. Just on the back of Guy's point, I think that I, at this point I'd rather face basically any of the five through eight seeds with the exception of maybe the Hornets uh, than the Bucks right now. I think that they're going to come on strong, and I think they're really going to learn something about themselves in the second half of this year. Um, and I just really like that team in general. I love the Greek freak, and I'm, I'd love to see what he can do when, when uh when things are on the line, uh, same thing with Jabari Parker. They're, they're great basketball players. I think they're a good team. They're better than their record is indicating right now. And I, I would not be happy to be the Celtics or the Hawks and I have to go against that team yeah. in the first round. Yeah, you know, that Malcolm Brogdon is like solidified the point guard position for them. He's yeah. like the perfect guard for them. Mm-hmm. You know, flashbacks of Andre Miller for me. I would say, um, you know, more in the East. You say Detroit's probably looking out. Um, I'm I'm close to calling them, you know, a bubble team right now to the eighth spot as opposed to being out. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing recently from them. And outside of the drama of the Reggie Jackson potential you sure. know, rumor, yep. um, they're coming out strong and they have a lot of depth right now that could, you know, go off at any moment for the second half push. Yeah. I, I, I think it's, 
just one more comment on that. I mean, if you look at their last 10, they're five and five. To call him on the bubble, I, I, this, it's week 11. I think you could easily call him on the bubble at this point, but we, we have to see some more ball to, like, to fully judge this, their, their capabilities here. Yeah. I think if they can put it together, I think we've seen games this season, but we just haven't seen trends uh, from the Pistons. So let's get, let's get into the West. Let's get into the West. So um, fr- from the West, we have Golden State at one, Spurs at two, Rockets at three, Clips at four, the Jazz at five, Grizz at six, Thunder at seven, Nuggets at eight, and the Trailblazers are just behind the Nuggets and nine. So obviously we haven't seen a lot of change from the top. The Warriors and the Spurs have continued to ride really high. The Rockets are still really, really high and continuing to to, to trend pretty strongly. The Clips, it's surprising that they're still here. Um at least from my perspective, they're they've faced a lot of adversity in terms of injuries. So, well, uh, it's 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 the start of probably a little bit of a free fall. You know, I called them out. You know, um, when they had that six game losing streak and they immediately turned it around with the six game win streak. Yeah, to basically offset what happened. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, you know, CP three went down with a thumb injury, like a fluke injury. Yep. And you know, they don't have. Uh, Griffin for another, you know, probably a month probably to be safe. Yep. And um that could really hurt them in the standings, but I don't think they care at this point. They just want to be healthy towards sure. the end of the season. Sure. So uh any time any any spot other than seven or eight, and they're really happy. Um, you know, without you know giving every uh team a little point here, I would say um teams that you didn't talk about are like the Pelicans and the Kings. Um they're at the same kind of tier right now as Nuggets and Blazers, like just a game or two separates all of them. Yep. Um, and they're like sub 500 right now, which is kind of an anomaly, in, or not anomaly, it's unusual in the West. Yeah, but Rudy, have, but Rudy Gay just got, got hurt for them. So to, They're to, kind of out, right? Well, I think they're kind of out unless they can unless they can prove it. But, I mean, they're, what, what are they, 2-8 and eight in their last 10? I don't, I don't see it happening. Yeah. I definitely don't see it happening right now. So... Something big has to happen in Sacramento. I the Pelicans could potentially do it. I, I think the Pelicans could potentially do it. I think the Trailblazers are just not. They don't have it all together, and they've they've unwound over the last couple of weeks, especially. So and Denver's kind of found this gem in Nikola Jokic. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, right now it might be just a Pelicans Denver kind of race for eighth. Yep. But um, you know what what you're seeing right now is you know a little bit of a dip in OKC's favor and who knows what they're going to do and what kind of, you know, yeah. timeline they have right now in terms of a healthy Steven Adams and healthy, healthy, productive front court players. Sure. They don't have much right now. Yeah. I'm starting to get really worried if I'm a Thunder fan yeah, right now. Yeah. Is, is this the Thunder's ceiling with their current roster? I, I think so. I, I would honestly say yes to that yeah. question. And then it, it leads to other concerns. What kind of free agent really wants to come in and, and play with Russell Westbrook on, on a team full of a bunch of 23 year olds? Not that Russell Westbrook isn't a great player. I absolutely love the guy. But as a player, like a, a marquee signing going into a, a, a city that is absolutely in love with a guy that's known as a basketball machine, 
Uh, and is going to absolutely accumulate every one of the stats, and that's how they've known success this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, what There's got to be better destinations for almost every free agent coming in. They're not going to attract a lot of top talent with the structure of the team that they currently have Great. right now. Great uh, they yep. can get some young players because I think that, that, that a young player looking to get a bigger contract in a few years knows that Russell Westbrook will make them look better during that contract, but those players aren't going to propel them above the fifth or the sixth seed or the seventh seed where they are now. They have a, I think that, that where they are right now is really representative of, of how the team is built and how they're they're planning on playing, sure. but the results just aren't there. They have a ton of money locked in or tied into Steven Adams and Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo. Yeah. They yeah. don't yep. they don't really, you know, move the needle at all, honestly. And um who wants to play third fiddle in OKC? <laughs> yeah. like, not let alone second fiddle. Yeah. Like you're not gonna get a or don't, B options. Don't 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 you play in OKC for the nightlife? I, I, <laughs> you're playing OKC for the bluegrass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on from standings. Uh, we gotta we gotta go into it. We're going into the three man weave. Hey, what's good, fellas? What's oh that man, man, what an answer! The only answer to this question, not even the correct one, the only one is Russell Westbrook. Interesting. Russell Westbrook. I'm doing how Harlem Globe try to share around my body, spinning on my finger right now. The second will crying LeBron place crying Jordan in the memosphere this season. So the, the topic this week is obviously the All-Star game. Um, the All-Star the All-Star ballots were announced, the 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 fan vote, the player vote, the media vote were all came in. We could kind of look at all of those all of the votes. Now there were some pretty notable snubs that happened on both the East and the West. So Let's just kind of get into what thoughts and issues around what actually happened in the ballots. Okay, yeah. So um, the population voted for what they wanted, and 50% of that, or all of that total accumulated into 50% of the total vote. Yep. And the players accounted for 25% vote, and the coach or the media voted for 20, the other 25%. So we still have a meaningful role in the whole process, but basically we would never get a Zaza Pachulia in the All-Star game. Zaza so this was a nice and Dwayne Wade were pretty noticeable. This was the first year this has happened and so yeah, Dwayne Wade's Carmelo Carmelo's uh no, and then Joel Embiid would have been the starting center this year, you know. Okay. And, you know, Zaza Pachulia as well. So um, it's kind of nice that we've had this introduction this year. They probably had the foresight that this was going to happen or something stupid. But, you know, here's the question is that 75% of the NBA players voted for, you know, they cast their ballots. Yeah. So not all of them. And even like people like Bryce Johnson and, you know, Adrian Payne, you know, yeah. riding the pine with us yeah. in the, Tim- <laughs> the Timberwolves bench. Bryce Johnson's never played an NBA game. He got like two or three votes. <laughs> you know, like that's crazy to me. And Adrian Payne voted for himself. You know what I mean? Like that's of what course. happened. It's fair and it's equal for yeah. everyone to vote, be able to vote for themselves. But if it accounts for 25%, it should be very impactful and meaningful. Yeah. And you saw Curry dip or jump up on the standings. Mm-hmm. And you saw the, the media vote in Curry. But we haven't seen their ballots, which would be a great thing to see is to be transparent about all of this and see every player and coaches or in media's ballot. Oh, okay. So we haven't seen the actual media votes. I think we've, se- we've seen all the fan votes and we've seen all the <laughs> – all the player vote, like how all the player votes kind of tallied out. But yeah. you're saying we didn't actually get to see all of the media votes in totality. Yeah, there's respect for Curry, you know. Mm-hmm. There's respect for Westbrook, but maybe in a different vein. And Curry got the nod. 
even though Westbrook is the storyline of the season, right? Yeah, but and Westbrook was Westbrook know. got the got the pick from the players though. Westbrook was number one from the players. That's right. Oh, so I'm wrong. Okay, you're yeah. you're back riding the pine with us. I was I was on record earlier this week as we were talking about some of the nominations, saying that I I, I think that it's right that the All Star contest isn't 100 percent purely about who we think is having the best statistical season, who's having the best basketball season, especially given a lot of the social media aspect and a lot of that public outreach and, and, and the interaction with fans that a lot of players have. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me that to be considered an NBA all-star, those things would be taken into consideration. Right? Right. All-star means a lot more than just being very good at basketball. You're, right. You're absolutely right. Yep. But then Russell Westbrook didn't get nominated as an all-star starter, and I was pissed. Yeah. I think that it's absolutely absurd with the season that he's having that he would not make it as an all-star starter. Russell Westbrook screams the words all-star every time that he steps onto the basketball court and every time that he's seen before and after a game yes. with every movement and every word that he that he uh, that he says. Of course. And of course. and he didn't make it because Steph Curry the brand, not Steph Curry the player this year, Steph got Curry nominated as an All-Star and I think that 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 shows absolute flaws in the system regardless of whether it's contradictory to what I was saying earlier. Here's a flaw to the system. We have a uh Lau- or we have a uh, DeRozan, Irving, Jimmy Butler, you know, backcourt. Mm-hmm. And we have LeBron James at the five. Okay, so we've established this already is kind of. <laughs> we have Anthony. We have Anthony Davis, the brow. He's deserving, right? Uh, deserving, at, but at the not five. over fucking West, Russell Westbrook. Let's have you know Curry, Westbrook, and Harden at the three. Like fuck it, just like have Katie at the five. Who yeah. cares? Yeah. yeah, let's just do this. If we're going with LeBron at the five, yeah, and if we have so, uh, Butler and DeRozan. Yeah. You're, and Irving. you're right, and you've you've opened you've opened up the question that probably should be asked: the front court versus back court stipulation. Does it really matter? Does it really matter for a game that doesn't really matter? <laughs> should it just be the five players? Should it just be five players? That's because, interesting. Because I maybe I mean I not. I think you should have I think there should be a designate. You should have big men play. Mm-hmm. I guess my concern is if you do that, do you have all guards? Yeah, <laughs> maybe is it just an all guards game? <laughs> so. But that that that's definitely an interesting interesting way to go because the the uh, the two and the two and three without the designation of a, a designated center or anything like that or not designated by position, I don't know. It's it's very confusing the way they they've done it. But it it also just opens up tons and tons of issues if For you sure. if you open it all the way up or if you restrict it to position all the way up. I would say that um, a funny thing in all of this is the player interaction with each other. They're probably brothers, right? They're yeah. all like, they have this big community. Of course. But like, let's just pretend that Patrick Beverly is like this, you know, MVP like player. Yeah. No one likes playing against him. They would never vote for him. You know, like they have like this beef with him. So, or like, you know, Draymond Green is kind of an example right now yeah. that we're, he was an all-star yeah. starter. I would assume. I don't remember exactly last year. And, um, he will never be an all-star starter. Yeah. Because people don't vote for him. Yep. Because they don't like playing against them because they get their fucking crotches nut nutted. <laughs> <laughs> like Steven Adams will never vote for Draymond Green, you know, what I mean? like, and that's a valuable, valuable ballot to have. But um, there, so l- let's talk about a couple other uh, uh, other snubs though. So yeah. we talked about Westbrook. 
Isaiah Thomas, the way that he's been playing, he deserves yeah, to be. He in deserved this, there. He deserved, he deserved to, be to be in there. this game. Maybe, maybe not on the starters, but he he at least reserve. He deserves to be a reserve player. I think Lowry, Lowry definitely could be there. I think that Demarcus Cousins has potentially Demarcus Cousins and Embiid both have potential to be on that team. Yeah, it's crazy. It's awesome. So. We we have a twelve uh, roster lock, right? So we have yeah. five starters and we have seven subs. Okay. And all seven will probably play. Sure. Um. So so people are going to be left out. Yeah. And snubbed from the All Star game in totality. Yeah. Are people like probably Lillard? You know. Oh, Lillard. Gordon Gordon Lillard. Hayward might be out. Uh, I don't think I Rudy don't... Gobert might be out. Oh God. And that would suck, right? Like you want them kind of in there to yeah, be. Yeah, like, but this I don't. Is a... I do. I do not think Lillard will make it. Yeah. I do not think Lillard will make it. I, John yeah. Wall better make it. John John Wall has to make it. Isaiah Thomas has to make it. Westbrook has to make it. Right. I think. Right. I think Boogie should make it. Lowry should make it. Should Draymond Green make it? Should Clay Thompson make it? This is ridiculous <clears throat> conversations we had now. Yeah, but they're doing the same thing they did last year, and they were an all star last year. Yeah, and should we reward that? Should we have now four Golden State Warriors on a team out of twelve? Yeah, but so who's responsible for for picking coaches? Coaches. So and it and it's Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, and uh, okay, and Tyron uh, Lue, and Tyron Lue. Yeah. Uh, oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. So Although we'll, the, yeah, they're the yeah. We'll definitely see what happens there. So what 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 i will say to make a point about uh specifically Isaiah Thomas and Kyle Lowry not making the the all-star game uh i think lebron is to blame for to blame for this right yeah uh you yeah, get yeah, yeah. possible uh, by far the most popular basketball player in the eastern conference in my opinion in the world but i'm sure there are stats to say that Steph Curry is actually taking that mantle uh and you get a guy that's kind of solidified his place in the Eastern Conference as, you know, the guy and the team that he's on is, you know, the Cleveland LeBrons or the Miami LeBrons was perennially the the number one seed. And it's created this atmosphere in the Eastern Conference where the casual fan doesn't care about any team in the Eastern Conference other than the team that LeBron is on. Yeah. Right. So uh, that's why you get the Irving vote. No, right, exactly. Oh, nobody, cares, vote. nobody cares about Kyle Lowry, uh, especially, you know, the people that are not RTP listeners, people yeah. that are casual fans. Nobody's even heard of Isaiah Thomas, or at least they know him as the short guy up, up that wears the green uniform. <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, and, and nobody appreciates what they do on the court because it's backed up by these, these statistics that, are, that show that they're better than Kyrie Irving, awesome. but they're not playing next to LeBron. They don't play quite as flashy as ball as, as Kyrie does, they weren't in Game Seven of the Finals last year, and that's what leads to that vote this year. Is he's yeah. a household name because he plays next to LeBron James? Absolutely, and it leads to stuff like this. And again, I think it's a systematic flaw. Uh, I don't have the answer as to how to address that right now, but I think it's something the NBA should look into because a lot of people are mad about it. Not a knock on the players at all. I would say that Love was like it was actually probably back to back to back. It was Irving, LeBron, and Love leading the NBA ballot ballots. Yeah. By the popular vote yep, in they, the East, they were until like you know Embiid's like flavor mm-hmm. was splashed in. He overtook Love, yeah, you know, but that didn't matter. It didn't, and matter. um, you know, and and Greek Freak was in there, the top you know three considerations. Sure. But like, it's to his point completely. I, so I figured out, I figured out what the solution needs to be. Oh. Awesome RTP. We, oh. we do. We need part of that media vote. <laughs> we need. We need part of the media vote. We'll we'll make sure this is corrected next season. For sure, absolutely. So, uh, no, no, we're, we're going to be building a stadium, right? We're going to have to have a. <laughs> of, of course, of course, we're building a stadium. Uh, 
right? Check so, out check out how to finance the stadium with us at the uh, next meetup <laughs> next, <laughs> next, next, next Thursday. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna move on from the topic of the All Star Game, and we're gonna talk a little bit about the rumor mill. And I want to talk about one trade in particular, even if it's not valid. The rumor mill is flying right now because there is a, I believe it's February twenty third, yeah, trade like deadline. Yeah. Um, so the one trade that is potentially flying or was flying earlier today was a Ricky Rubio for Reggie Jackson trade. Um, I think Shabazz Muhammad was offered in that deal. To your point, Guy, uh, in our conversation prior to this podcast, it doesn't seem like it's likely. Are the T-Wolves potentially interested in unloading Rubio at this point? I think it's been very clear that we've always been interested, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've ever had a team where it's more detrimental to get rid of him now than it is now. Um, we have a team full of people that need to be scorers, that need to be you know uh, playmakers, and Rubio's willingly wanting to pass the ball to them. Never in our history have we had these many amounts of athletic guards and wings and big men. Mm-hmm. Like It would be a travesty unless there's what's been called this bridge guard that's been like labeled by media that would help um, develop done into the future guard, which maybe it is, or maybe it's Tyus or maybe it's still in the the draft. Maybe Rubio's run his course in Tibbs's mind. Yeah. This is all like media speculation. And that's what I love and hate about this time of year. Yeah. And I'm, I immediately turn off that crap and I go to the draft. I'm watching college ball. Okay. I'm getting psyched up for the draft picks. I know as a Minnesota sports fan. Yeah. We're getting a top pick as opposed to Cleveland or as opposed to other players, of course, other teams that are perennially at the top. Okay, so so let's let's move on from the from the T Wolves to talk about other potential other potential players in the uh, that are going to be circling in the rumor mill. Well, we had like a Paul Millsap, and um, but I hasn't I mean, that he, been he, shut he might, down yeah, at this yeah, point? Right? Yeah. So. and I think we have just like Ricky Rubio, a Demarcus Cousins kind of rumor. Every year, right? Yeah. Demarcus Cousins to the to the Wizards. Demarcus Cousins to Boston. It doesn't matter. Get him on a team. Oh, Demarcus Cousins to the Wizards. That ooh. oh, it would be ridiculous. It would be so good. I would love and watch every single game of that of theirs. But um, like a CJ McCollum from Portland. Who knows what that backcourt is going to look like in the future? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem like those two can actually play together for long stretches of time at a time mm-hmm. because they're so weak defensively. Like Jimmy Butler. Like that's crazy, right? Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler could be in the rumor mix. Um, well, Carmelo still. Yeah, Carmelo as well. And players like Brooke Lopez. You know, there's a lot of players that are going to heat up in the rumor mill. But who's going to really take a chance on this stuff? And, and Brooke, yeah, I know. Brooke, Brooke Lopez heating up. That's not happening. No, yeah. Brooke Lopez not heating up. But Brooke Lopez has to go to, to ensure room for all the D-League, D-League players exactly. to level up <laughs> into the NBA. And, you know, this year is the most, like, dramatic, not volatile, but most, like, turbulent in terms of the offseason, in terms of all these moves. Yeah. Well, they're, they're settling in. And there's going to be players that are going to be off the books in the offseason. They're going to make moves. So maybe this is not the trade deadline of deadlines. Yeah. It, maybe it's next offseason. Yeah. It's going to be crazy. Oh, I love it. I love it. My favorite time of the year. Yeah. Just, just watching all of the trades go down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As much as fans might not want to hear it, I honestly, I foresee a, a quiet trade deadline this year, given yeah, yeah. the cap raise last year. And just uh, all of the activity last year. Last year. Mm-hmm. Everybody kind of got themselves set up. Uh, and kind of the other piece that I think is going to factor into this, which we haven't really acknowledged, is what team is going to load up this year and maybe leverage their future for a chance in the West against the current state of the Golden State Warriors or the defending champions, Cleveland Cavaliers? Who I, I mean, unless you're the Raptors and you really try to make a move to really overtake 
them in the East, which I don't think the Raptors are going to do. Ever going to be able to. Uh, and, and no team is competing with the Warriors in the West. Um, what about... I just I don't see anything happening because everybody's just going to be like, well, it's not our year, clearly. right? Let's, yeah. let's hope that Kevin Durant leaves the Warriors next year and creates so, a little bit more parity in the West. Let's wait until LeBron dies down a little bit, um, or maybe as the Sixers next year, you really try to load up and, and you know go on to phase two which of the is process. So, which is I, yeah, I think I could see that, so and I, I could also see not not at this trade deadline, but starting starting in the summer, um, just what Boston does. I'm very very intrigued by yeah. what by what Boston is going so to do. They have so many pieces. They have so many pieces, and there's there's a lot of activity that could occur. Anyways, we, we could talk about this ad nauseum for hours and hours and hours, but we have to move on to some league activity for this week. So the CBA finally – time out. We got some back bet. Well, you got to put it in the dock. Yeah, yeah it's not <laughs> the, in the dock. You got to put it in the dock, back fat doctor. All right. The back fat. The back fat's back. The back fat – all right, all right. The back fat's so inconspicuous that it doesn't even make the dock, but it's back. <laughs> the you back just, it's just there you gotta feel, feel the yeah folds. you gotta feel the back fat the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> just feel the back fat the back fat is back alright Guy break it down this week current NBA player that's a good start he has hair he has hair oh, um, oh. there's it down he was born in Ohio alright mm-hmm. on a date that only features two numbers and I'll just give you the date I was gonna give you an example of a date but here's the date <laughs> September 19th 1991 so this 9-1 are the only two numbers that is meaningful, maybe, potentially. He's been a guest on the Vertical Podcast with J.J. Reddick, so it is not J.J. Reddick, but he's been a guest on that podcast. Okay. He's kind of really into media, been uh, known to write on the Players' Tribune a couple times. Sure. He had an interview with uh, the president, actually. He had an interview with the president. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's backtrack just a little bit. All right, so backtrack with the back fat here with me. Uh, in the NCAA tournament... Uh, his team became the sixth team to ever dethrone a two seed as a 15 seed. And he knocked off Duke in that year, 75 to 70. Um, basically, that game put him on the pedestal to be drafted. While a freshman in high school, he was five foot two inches. This is big because you can't be an NBA player being five foot two. He is grew. It, is it too early to guess? No. CJ oh. McCollum? Well, the back fat's concluded. <laughs> the back fat's done. You, you were Googling? I you were Googling during the back fats? You can't give me legendary uh, NCAA tournament statistics, especially against Duke, and not, not expect <laughs> me to be all over that. I love that, man. Thank you. All right. So Thank th- you for cutting me off. <laughs> I had, I had a, a mixtape. Of David no, Lillard and C.J. McCollum. No, you're still going to play that mixtape. That, that, <laughs> that, that mixtape is going to be brought to you. It's them oh. saying Jingle Bells. Oh, my God. No, that has to be, yeah, that, that, that has to be in. So. I can't believe I didn't give you that information. All right. By the way. All right. I, I, that concludes the three-man. I got to be better. I got to be better about my, my fats. That concludes the three-man weave. Next week, you're going to label that the back fat is in this episode. So. Well, it is the <laughs> NBA season social media stat track back fat. Stay with us. Dashing through the snow on a one-horse open sleigh 
Over the field we go, we go. laughing all the way. Ha ha ha! Uh, Bells on bobtail ring, uh, uh. making spirits bright. Right. What fun it is to laugh and sing and slay a song tonight. tonight. So jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. <laughs> oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle. Appreciate y'all. All right, we got to do it. We got to do it again. We're going back this week in basketball. All right, this this week in basketball is getting started, and we are talking about the official signing of the CBA. So the CBA will bring us into the 2022-2023 season. So crazy to say. So that, that is awesome. I love it. No, no stoppages. The NBA is moving. So – we, we've talked about this in previous episodes, talking about the shorter preseason, the other kind of contracting issues. Did, did you have anything else in particular? I think we've kind of covered this on, on previous podcasts. Looking good. So <laughs> wonderful. All right. You pulled this You pulled this stat from Zach Lowe. You want to talk a little bit about this? Yeah. Uh, he just mentioned on Twitter slash on an uh, ESPN article um, that Philly has picked up a yet another staff advisor. Um uh, based on analytics and I think it's a very young dude and they have a board they have a committee of analytics on the Philadelphia 76ers which is crazy to me and they have a, a board of nine or eight or nine pl- people full-time full-time analytics yeah what I'm really interested to see about this in particular is that the Houston Rockets themselves have shown that they're very committed to advanced analytics Daryl Morey very outspoken about how much he loves it. He goes to conferences. He speaks at conferences. Mm-hmm. He builds a team entirely around what he thinks that the advanced analytics are saying. He he builds a game plan around it, right? That's where that, that transition in, in three comes from. Uh, and, and it's to increase variation and lead to all these wins that they shouldn't be winning and yada, yada, yada. Uh, what, I, what I'm interested to see is that you get this this huge group of analytics directors on another team that's in a substantially different position. And do they end up at the same place? Do they and Daryl Morey think that 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 game plan is the way to win if you don't necessarily have the most talented roster in your conference, or do they take a different approach to it? And I'm interested to see how I'm not sure. The Kings have a board that's very similar. It's like five or six people, little kids or interns, whatever. (laughs) Little kids. That would make way more sense, actually. That that explains a lot. (laughs) And robots in the parking lot taking their jobs. Definitely. But um, and that's been the result of Demarcus Cousins and drama. So. Um, who so, knows? So Philly, you you can't pick up our stack god. You'll be uh, contacted by the RTP uh, podcasters union if you, if you want <laughs> if you want to deal with stack god in terms of any negotiations. Well, Daryl Morey, well, you're t- next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming for your for your wallet. Uh, so I had to address kind of one point that we've talked about in prior episodes, and Adam Silver went on record after the games last week talking about just the NBA in Mexico. And just a couple of points kind of from that. It looks like, obviously, the league is going to continue to play. They've they basically found a stadium in Mexico City that is a great fit for, uh, not 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 for relocating the team to, but for okay, at least having some exhibition games there. And they're talking about potentially bringing the games to other cities in Mexico, potentially expanding the number of games. It's It's all just the balance that will go into kind of putting together the schedule next season. Mm-hmm. However, with the longer, the more spread out season, I, I think that we could see a larger a larger stretch of games. And to me, Mexico is just an absolute no-brainer in mm-hmm. terms of 
in terms of expansion for the NBA and also allows them if they get far enough south to kind of tap into that Central American market where they haven't been before. Yeah, this is a really interesting precedent for the future of the NBA because they want to become more global, probably the most globalized sport in yeah. the world. You know, football, to briefly just say something, they have a game in London or they have a game somewhere else every yeah. year. Yeah. A game or two, I forget. Yeah. I'm suspecting that you just can't have one game a week for a team or two yeah. in the NBA. They have like these little micro tournaments that happen in the league. Yes. And yes. there's going to be like a London tournament. There's going to be a Mexican tournament. There's going to be yeah. whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't care. It's going to be kind of cool. And you can have teams from West and East fly to a, a location for a weekend of ball. Yeah. And I'd be like, I'm flying to London with you because that sounds ridiculous. No, that, w- that would be awesome. And yes, they, they definitely addressed in that um, in that press conference the, the fact of a, a round-robin tournament. So I don't know how many teams, obviously like a, a four-team tournament would, would be pretty easy to do, especially yeah. if you took teams who are fairly close by, so it's not going to inconvenience them too much. But I, I, think, I think that a lot of owners are willing to kind of listen in and a lot of a lot of players are just interested in going too. This is a this is a new experience for a lot of them. Yeah, in terms of like checks and balances thing, it all like evens out. You know, if you're a team that's failing uh, in the NBA to produce revenue, yeah, you get kind of compensated by teams that are sure. to kind of have everyone kind of even keeled. Mm-hmm. Um, so teams that are doing very successfully, yeah, might not want to do this because they're doing so much at home. Yeah, that's that's a great point. But that's teams maybe like Minnesota would fucking love it because they have such an international audience, you know? Of course. And, um, and I think it would be incredible <laughs> for the league to have that. All right, a little bit of player activity. Uh, DeRozan and Hayward were selected as players of the week this week. We have to talk a little bit about injuries and impacts, just what that means. There's obviously been some big names. We've kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. You, you had mentioned Chris Paul. Um, Chris Paul out for the Clips. Blake Griffin is out for them. Rodney Hood is out for the Jazz. For yeah. the Jazz, Rudy Gay is injured for the Kings. We had addressed that. The Spurs are missing Pau Gasol, and Chris, we had also talked about Chris Middleton being out. Some big, some big, big names. Some people are coming back. Some people are out for extended period. Rudy Gay being out for the entire season, and Pau Gasol being out for an extended period. Those are kind of the most impactful at this point. I we'll kind of see some ups and downs with the other teams as players kind of reemerge and kind of gain their stride again. Here's our ten seconds on the Spurs, but like Paul Gasol going out sounds impactful, but yeah. it's not because they're still winning and they have the fold just coming in, you know? Sure. They have their own layers of back fat and they have David Lee coming in, they have Dwayne Deadman coming in playing significant minutes. And, you know, the fuck you lose your you know <laughs> one of your biggest uh acquisitions in the offseason and you don't miss a beat like the spurs yeah. mantra is just continue to win just just why we don't talk about them and that's why we don't <laughs> we're over time <laughs> all right maybe time is money maybe our favorite topic <laughs> our favorite topic speaking on our, of money of, on rtp over, <laughs> over the last couple of weeks is talking about the brand new league called the big three this is the three on three league that was introduced to us by Ice Cube. So this None th- other. this is featuring just uh, former NBA players who are going to play, and they're they are also going to coach. So a a couple of roster additions have come about, and you want to 
you guys, one of you want to address who is who is joining the Big Three League? Yeah, can I just lay down real quick that every time we talk about this, I, I honestly think in my head I cannot get any more excited about this Big Three League. And then a couple of days pass and some news drops, and yeah. I just lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's indescribably well done what they're doing here. But anyways, on to the news. Uh, this week, Corey Maggetti, uh, Bucks legend, joins. Wonderful. Rhymes with spaghetti. <laughs> Mom spaghetti, Gory spaghetti. <laughs> Joining the big three. Uh, George Gervin, none other. Wow. Uh, decides to commit to the league. And Sonics legend, Gary Payton, uh, join all as big three coaches. <laughs> Not pictured below, but... Holy cow, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. Like These are like brand names yeah. uh, in the past couple of decades that are coming out of the woodwork. To join AI and Ice Cube into uh, <laughs> this this half court old man old man's league, and it's just it's stifling. I want to see this because this this to me is as funny as like celebrity bowling. <laughs> <laughs> but they've also invented their own rules. Yes, that's the best. So so can you can you break down the rules for us? Keith? There are so many rules, but so many rules that just like are so blatantly amazing that mm-hmm. have to be stated. There are four-point shots in this game. <laughs> Antoine Walker, sign. I can't wait for you to sign up right now. I know I, I know you, you don't work right now. This is a free job. This is free entry for free money right now. Four-point circles, to be exact. They are outside um, in Steph Curry's like comfort zone. And all you need to do is shoot at any part of the circle, and it's a four-point play. No questions asked. Okay. A technical foul is two points, or two free throw shots, and the ball, which is crazy. But, by the way, it's a half court. It's not a full court. It's a half court. <laughs> um, all personal fouls will be counted as full team fouls. There's no, you know, fouling out, for example. So, um, people that are slow, which is everyone, <laughs> they'll still have a shot at the end of the game to be part of the game. There's no fouling out. Yeah, apparently there's substitutions in this three-on-three league. But, um... <laughs> A team must win by four points, which is hilarious. That that's like badminton rules, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're throwing in some Cuban. <laughs> uh, I just I lost my mind at the halftime. No matter what time duration, yeah. halftime is when the score is at thirty. The first person to score, the first team to score thirty. That could take three hours. Yeah, there's no game clock. There's no game clock in yeah. this league. Um. <laughs> In, so, to, in order to win, you have to score 60, which also, no time clock, you it, know? It could be a while. So Charles Barkley was on record saying, like, these are these are the rules. Sign me up. I just wish, like, the only thing bad about the big three is that I'm too old and too fat to play, you yeah. know? So oh, it was hilarious that Charles Barkley went on and said that. Well, we are going to be the source for big three, <laughs> for big three information, especially in the offseason, you know? Gee, remember last offseason we were talking about coaches on three-hour episodes. I don't so, remember that. So we are we are definitely breaking down the big three. So so stay with us here. There will be one, exactly one game a week for us to cover. Okay. We're going to go into uh, did he say that. So these are our quotes from players, coaches, and the media. Obviously, I want to start it off with a, a huge quote from this last week. So Rus- Russell Westport, Russell Westbrook went on record. <laughs> I'm used to just saying Westbrook. Yeah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook went on record after being asked about the All-Star game. And he goes, I don't play for All-Star bids. I play to win championships. And every night I compete at a high level and it'll work out. 
I think that's an awesome comment. Yeah. And he's not kind of digging into the snub factor. He's just saying, I'm a player, I play, and let the fans do what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. He did, though, um, after that Golden State Warriors game where Zaza Pachulia kind of like towered over him after like a hard foul. Sure. Um, he did say, you know, uh, on that Pachulia incident that I'm going to get his ass back for that one. And I was like, oh, man, the fire is real in this guy. Yeah. Just think about what he's doing right now. The league is fucked. Like, they're going to be quadruple doubles, and that's not going to be with turnovers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going off in the second <laughs> half of the season. I'm excited, and I can't wait to watch some of his games. Not all, though. But, um, you know, on that note with Golden State Warriors, um, there's a little mini, you know, rivalry that we want to happen that they're kind of, you know. Um, downplaying. Downplaying a little bit. But Curry, um Curry had went on record after that win uh, over the Cleveland uh, Cavaliers on uh, Martin Luther King Day. He said it was this regular season game, you know, but you, you send messages and you leave, uh, hopefully, some memories in teams' heads, you know. So, bam, you know, getting crushed. Maybe Cleveland's, like, thinking about it. But actually, that's what happened in last season's, you know, playoffs. They got completely crushed. I think even last season on Christmas Day, didn't that happen? Like, Cleveland lost by a substantial amount to Golden State, and then they came back and won against, you know, all odds, yeah, really. So maybe Curry's on to something, but really he's kind of speaking to what happened, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and LeBron was also on record saying a couple things about the game, um, but mainly about the rivalry, you know, when he was been asked about this, this constant back and forth between the two teams. I don't think we have a rivalry in today's game, and um, that's crazy to me. But it's also crazy to Draymond Green, and Draymond Green responds, yeah, yeah, I, I, we have a rivalry. It's definitely fun. Like, a team you beat, the team that beats you, it's definitely fun. If you look at the past two years and this year, we've been at the top two leagues, of the top two teams in the league. And each year, so I, I look at it as a rivalry, you know. And, you know, he goes on. Regardless of if LeBron thinks it's a rivalry or not, I know he wants to beat us, and we want to beat them. And that's enough in itself. That is fact. Mm-hmm. And that is the definition of a rivalry when you want to beat each other and it, yeah. and it happens on the regular. So of regardless of what LeBron says or Draymond says or anyone fucking says, it's a rivalry <laughs> and we need it in the NBA. It's a great storyline. Um, but what's really funny is that after the game um, or during the game, Draymond decked, we'll say, decked LeBron to the floor. Mm-hmm. And um, LeBron didn't really have much of an issue to it. But he went uh, uh, on on record and said, you know, after the game, I think his shoulder hit me in the face. I think it happened so fast. I didn't even know who it was at the time. But, you know, I'm all right. I'm a football player, you know. And that's what's crazy about LeBron and his style of game that's transcending the NBA is that the fuck is he doing with the ball, you know, at every time? You can't really, like, take a charge. You're going to the hospital if you take a charge. <laughs> so, I, I'm, it's crazy that. Sure. But, um all right, so let's talk just about kind of one last thing here. Um, and Dirk kind of went on record and he restated his goal for the season to uh, his goal for the season today. And he goes, "Hopefully, it's hopefully to stay injury free for the rest of this year to come back and finish twenty years, and that's probably it." So that I mean, that is a statement, it's a timeline, a statement, a timeline from a legend that it's kind of going to wrap up, and that's looking like the end. But very, very interesting. So we are going to skip down into our games of the week. So I think we have to go into the fact this this is a very, very good game just coming up. I believe it's today. Yeah, the Spurs and the Cavs is yeah, today. Spurs and Cavs. So that, that, is our, that is the game of the week this week. 
Um, I am predicting the, the Cavs, but I think it's going to be a very close game. Um, some games of other games of note, Spurs and Raptors are, are playing later this week. The Rockets and Bucks. That's not a game I would have picked out earlier this season, but I think that's going to be a fun game. Raptors versus Grizz is definitely a competitive game. And also a futures game. This is the other uh the other side of that the other side of the matchup that occurred this last week. That's uh Philly versus Bucks again. The rematch. The rematch. All right, some of our worst games. Kings and the Bulls are playing. Oh. Garbage, garbage, garbage. Public service announcement. Do not watch. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> Lakers are playing the Mavs. Golden State is going to just crush the magic. You don't need to watch that. The Wolves and the Suns, I do not think is that good of a game. I think Minnesota ha- has that, but we'll, we, we shall see. And the Spurs and the Pelicans, this might be a better game than I'm giving it credit for, but I don't have a lot of faith that it's going to be that entertaining of a game. All right, so the obscure game I'm looking forward to. I'm headed to the Croatian League this week. <laughs> I'm watching KK Split versus Jolly JBS. Of course, those are their team names. That's yeah, fantastic. Of, of course. Uh, they're both 11-2. and two. We, gotta, we, we have to see. Who's on top. We have yeah. to see who's on top. If you have the opportunity, tune in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the top player is like a D-League draft pick. Uh, used to play with the... Sioux Falls Sky Force, I of believe. Course, of course, of course. Yeah. So I know that guy. Oh, uh, you know what's funny is uh, RTP in Croatia coming in, coming in hot. If you need your English fix, come over here to RTP. We follow the Croatian league. <laughs> is it? We need RTP.cr. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Of course, of course. If you've got opinions about that league, please join us. Yes. We All right. Them. If you have any any thoughts or comments for us about the NBA. Uh, or would like to come and talk to us about the NBA, uh, you can tweet at us at at Ryden, R-I-D-I-N, underscore The Pine, or you can reach out to us on on Twitter as well, at How3 and at Dota. And if you're in the Seattle area, you should come out and join us for our NBA Thursdays where we watch the games on TNT. So we, we are plugged in on Meetup, so just find us at NBA th- NBA Thursday on Meetup in Seattle. So I believe we have 42 people, but we we are the NBA in Seattle, so you have to come. You have to come visit. It's officially legit when we get solicited, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And deals on the way, honestly. Deal. Deals it's only a matter, on of t- matter of time. Our, our NBA, NBA Thursday Players Union. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Watchers Union. <laughs> So that's going to wrap up episode 21. So I'm Hondo here with Guy and Stat God. Guy, take her home. Sure, man. Um, we talked a little bit briefly about football on this podcast. Um, a former great running back, Marshawn Lynch, uh, from the Seattle Seahawks, kind of went off on Twitter after the All-Star ballots were announced and the All-Star starters were announced. Um, he went on and said, Russell Westbrook not starting in the hashtag NBA All-Star game is almost as crazy as not running the ball on the one with the Super Bowl on the line. Thinking face emoji. Thinking face emoji. This has been a Vencast Studios production. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... 
Hey Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, the pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.